I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome, everybody, to this week's exciting episode. <laughs> it's actually been three weeks since we last sat in this sh- studio yep. and did an episode, isn't it? And the reason <laughs> is because, uh, we well, we like to stay a few weeks ahead of ourselves. We record usually three or four weeks ahead. Um, but this time, you went on your honeymoon. I did, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did. So, did you have a good honeymoon? It was bloody terrible. No, <laughs> no it was lovely, mate. It was great. Uh, ten days in St. Lucia. Caribbean. The Caribbean, yeah. Blue seas, white sands. And, yeah, it was really, really good. All-inclusive. Can't complain. It much much better than your mini moon in Brighton, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Although, Brighton was good, but the beaches in the Caribbean are just slightly better. So, That's fair enough. But, no, it was really good. Can't complain, mate. Good, good. I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> yeah, what, um, uh, what happened to you? Well, second day into my honeymoon. Yeah, two, two, three days, no, suppose, yeah, two days into your honeymoon uh, at work on the farm where we work. I had a little accident and someone lowered a uh, hydraulic trailer onto my foot, breaking two bones in my foot. So I have spent the last two weeks sat at home in my conservatory on a sofa, completing Netflix. Yeah. And spending a lot of time watching Drivel on YouTube. And that has been my life. Until you showed up today. <laughs> yes. The little ray of hope. In Although, the, the one one thing that I have done is um, I got you a little honeymoon present. Oh. Because you were so taken with our last episode, that being the, uh, the, the Pastafarian episode. Yes. You really loved the concept of it. I did. So I went ahead and bought the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti what? Monster for you. Happy honeymoon. <laughs> Cheers, mate. What, that is fantastic. I have read it. <laughs> He's actually got meatballs for eyes. Yeah. No, they're eyes. Anyway. He's, got, he's got meatballs and eyes. Yeah. But wow. anyway, let's not get into that because yeah. we've already done that episode. So you take <laughs> that home and read it. And uh, uh, this time next week, you will be a converted pastafarian, I'm sure. 
much like I pretty much am. (laughs) (laughs) And just to clarify, this really just consolidated everything that I kind of said in that episode anyway. Yeah. I didn't get too much wrong. Uh, It's all in there, so enjoy. And you at home, uh, if you want to uh, also purchase this book, I got it on Amazon for £9. Uh, quite cheap for a hardback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, go ahead and enjoy that yourself as well. I look forward to reading that. So, leading on from that, what is this week's episode, Josh? <laughs> well, while I was on my honeymoon, I had a little bit of inspiration because there was a lot of stuff about ancient civilizations and Atlantis and all oh, this yeah. stuff. And I, I just got thinking i was actually thinking that before i came back i was like oh i actually can't wait to do a podcast i was like oh i suppose it's my turn what should i do it about and it was fresh on my brain so i thought why not do lost cities yeah why not and all kinds of lost cities so not just ones that have submerged in the water but ones that just got completely abandoned earthquakes mother nature uh all, all kinds of different things bradford yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought, why not? We'll just have a discussion about it and yeah, let's go talk for about it. some yeah. interesting stuff. So I'm guessing the best thing to do is to start off with Atlantis. Uh, well, it, it is the main one, isn't it? When you think of lost cities, the lost city yeah. of Atlantis is the main one, isn't it? No one really knows for sure if it was a real city yeah. or not. Was it... Uh, I, can't remember which. I'm sure it was a Greek guy that first it was mentioned about Plato. Plato, that was him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll let you you go into it, mate. You are right, though. There's no actual evidence that Atlantis is real or ever existed. There's no definitive proof. No, but it being Greek, mm-hmm. a, 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 like a Greek myth and legend, um, I kind of see where it's come from because you know we we, we often talk about noah well not often but we've we've brought up noah a couple of times well there was a time when the mediterranean sea wasn't even a sea yeah Uh, and that is theoretically the flood that happened in biblical times which did bury (laughs) some villages and cities around sort of crete and around the greek coastline which might have been what plato was referring to Mm -hmm. funny you mention that Because when I went off on my rant last time about if you believe in Noah's Ark and stuff, when I researched this and that came up, I'm not saying that the floods and stuff didn't exist. That part of the... Oh, that is... Yeah, that is Historical fact. It wasn't a global event, but definitely in the Middle East, the cradle of humanity, that definitely did have a flood. So if you believe in that, yeah, that... That's not the bit I'm talking about. I'm saying if you believe a man got two of every animal on one boat, that's the bit I'm like, no, I can't. It's not even that. I'm going to correct you. He got seven of every clean animal and two of every dirty animal. On a So that's even more. On a boat, yeah. Or an ark, yeah. An ark, yeah. Well, it didn't happen. So (laughs) Atlantis, Plato, in uh, 360 B.C., He mentioned the island in order to illustrate a point about the dangers of aggressive imperialism. Fair enough. (laughs) To me, that sentence makes no sense. I I don't see how flooding a city can be uh, 
due to aggressive imperialism. <laughs> I don't know. Either. It's just I, I, when I was doing the research, there were some certain points and stuff, and I was like, "That sounds fancy. I'll uh, write that down." <laughs> unless he meant imperial aggressive imperialism, as in building your cities too quickly in the wrong place. You know, not researching where's the best place to build on it because you build a city on a pl- flood plain. And then it floods. Mm. You've only got yourself to blame, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe that's what he means by that yeah. aggressive imperialism. I don't and know. I always wondered how they built Venice because it's just covered in water, isn't it, all the time? Like how they actually it's, managed to make structures and things. Yeah, I think it is Venice built on sort of marshy land, wasn't it? And they just kind of extended it onto sort of false land. So the actual buildings and stuff, they actually piled up the oh, concrete so that it's that a sense. stable structure. Um, yeah. That sort of roads are rivers. Yeah, yeah, interesting city. I'd like to go one day. Yeah, but this is another. Apparently, sentence. it smells. Oh yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, I have heard that. To be fair. Uh, but this is another sentence that doesn't make sense to me. But you might know what it kind of means. So, Plato said Atlantis was no utopia, rather a foil for an idealized version of Athens from long before Plato's time. Okay, so. What he's a utopia mm. is a word to describe sort of paradise, idyllic. Yeah, yeah. So he's saying Atlantis wasn't your ideal city; it wasn't paradise, uh, and he's comparing it to Athens, which is obviously an overpopulated city. Ah, oh, and I bet it, Athens back in the day was a banging city to be in. It was a mega metropolis, yeah, yeah. Back, back in its time, yeah, when they first built it. There was not really a lot else on the planet like it, was there? Yeah, and I always picture old, uh, like, Greek mythology and stuff as everyone just wearing togas with, like, <laughs> wreaths on their heads. But isn't that Rome? Like when Bill and Ted turn up and take yeah. Socrates. <laughs> I just can't distinguish between, like, Romans and old Greek mythology and stuff. They all just have togas and wreaths and red Well, sashes. they didn't have sewing machines back then, so it had to be very um, simple clothing, I guess. Yeah. I've got another interesting fact after the podcast to mention about Greece, because it has nothing to do with lost cities. Okay. But <laughs> it's about dinosaurs. Um, uh, right, okay. <laughs> um, and... The reason he says that Atlantis started to have its downfall was not just Mother Nature and the elements. He said it all started because of the citizens, their unjust lust for possessions and power. Okay. So that's what he, in his opinion, started the downfall of Atlantis. So really this is kind of like a a Greek philosopher's idea of the flood and Noah's Ark and that because yeah. the stories are similar aren't they mankind was horrible debauchery you know not living its best mm-hmm. life so God decided to sink it or, or flood the land and the same with this Greek philosophy thing is you know yeah civilization was turning sour and it probably wasn't a bad thing that it sank beneath the waves <laughs> and he, he also describes Atlantis as he calls it the, the three ring city so it was two rings of water, one ring of land, with okay. a kind of uh, like a canal or a river that leads to the ocean. Um, right. You, you can Google it and have a look. It's actually really interesting. It looks pretty cool. So it's like but basically like moats and things. This is just how he describes it. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. have we ever found any evidence of a, a submerged city that 
anywhere near reminiscent of this same design? Well, yes. <laughs> so there. Well, should I come back to it? Because it was like, but it was the. If, if I'm messing with the order of what you want to say things in, then then just mm. ignore that and carry on if you like. Well, yeah. All right. So we'll get to that bit. So. Basically, he he said that Atlantis was larger than Libya and Asia combined, right? What? Which in Plato's time would have referred to modern-day northern Africa and half of Turkey. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. Libya and Asia. Yeah. Look, Asia, that's, that's massive. That's it's huge. <laughs> So I'm guessing the continents and stuff were in different positions in those days? Well, no, not in the last only few thousand years. I mean, it took millions of years for continental drift to happen. Oh, he's talking rubbish then. Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, So it's, well, situated in... Unless a guy from Greece, if he's only travelled to... Maybe you know just just a little bit further east, and thinks that India is you know, or a small portion mm. of India is the the expanse of Asia that he's talking about. But I just don't get that Libya and Asia either. all in one go. No, yeah. So this is the thing with Atlantis, like with, with Plato, because I have to kind of reference Plato because he's the guy that I wouldn't say made it up or anything, even though there's no evidence. He documented he, it. He documented yeah. it. So I'm just kind of going through facts and statements that he said that. I'm not going to lie, half of them, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, and I, I don't understand. A lot of it. it would have been in ancient Greek anyway. So it's, might, some of it might have got lost in translation. You yeah. Know what I mean, because ancient Greek isn't going to be the same as modern Greek. I mean, there are going to be people that can sort of translate it, but I mean, there's surely going to be mistakes in that kind of work, isn't there? Yeah, 100%. And there's mixed opinions on where Atlantis actually is. So. Yeah, very so, much so. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Plato said it's situated in the Atlantic Ocean, somewhere outward of Gibraltar. Right. So yeah. then, but then there's also reports of it being in the south of Spain. I don't. Gibraltar is south of Spain, but outwards of Gibraltar would put it outside of that that monumental flooding that happened those you know six thousand years ago or whenever it was. Yeah. That potentially is the cause of Atlantis sinking anyways. To put it on the other side of Gibraltar, on the outside of Africa and Spain, mm-hmm. it, it would already be sunk. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. You know? <laughs> so I'm going to step away from Plato because he's dirt my head in, mate. So His <laughs> <laughs> philosophies just don't make sense, do they? Yeah. So in 1882, this guy's name is so strange. I've never heard it before. Ignatius Donnelly. Ignatius Donnelly, yeah. (laughs) Ignatius Donnelly, a former US congressman, published a book called Atlantis. And if you'd do me the favour of just reading the title of his book, because I can't read that word. (laughs) Antediluvian World. Yeah, it's about Atlantis. Yeah, it's the (laughs) Antediluvian World. So he has a book, and it has 13 hypotheses on Atlantis truly existing so he fully believes it and i've not read the book i couldn't find much online about it without having to pay he came up with 13 points 
He's got 13 strong points. So if, anyone... <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone's read that book, then, you know, they probably believe in it as well. But Donnelly was also inspired by an amateur archaeologist who discovered the legendary city of Troy in 1870. Oh, okay. And... I have forgotten his name. I should have. <laughs> but he was an amateur archaeologist, and he's not around anymore. Well, so it doesn't fine. matter. But it's that inspired this Donnelly guy. Yeah, because well, his attitude was if Troy was real and it was and, discovered. And this amateur dude discovered it. Why the hell can't I find Atlantis? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was his thing about Atlantis, basically. He was just... He was convinced that it was real. Um, so, essentially, Atlantis... Um, I need to find my notes. Like I said, it's in a little bit out of order, but I'll just try and go for memory because I can't find it. So the the most recent evidence with Atlantis, and then I'll close on Atlantis. Oh, is this going back to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually found uh, structures. uh, It's it's the eye... The the eye of something in the Sahara Desert. The eye of Horus. The eye of Horus. Right. Uh, they think that that's probably the closest evidence that they could find. Oh, the find. eye of the Sahara. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, the eye of Sahara yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. the rings. Yeah, yeah, I know what you that's mean. That's yeah. how uh, Atlantis would have looked. Right. Uh, that kind of similar shape. And scientists and people are now starting to think that if Atlantis was real and ever existed, that is probably where it actually was, was in the Sahara. Because... I didn't know this. Did you know the Sahara Desert and parts of Africa, you know how it's all like dusty and there's no... Oh, it's just sand these days. Did you know every 20,000 years, every 20,000 years it turns green and like it thrives and there's like a whole ecosystem of like all these uh, plants and everything like that. So they're saying that Atlantis would have been a thriving city with hundreds, thousands, millions of people like this utopia and that could have been one of the reasons why it, it sunk or Mother Nature attacked. It was because it was going through that transition of going from this lovely green place to just dirt, rubble, nothing was growing. There was no water or anything. Yeah. Deserted. So that's the closest they now think that Atlantis could be if it is well, real. That's fair enough. I, uh, I thought the Eye of Sahara was just down to nor- uh, normal sort of ecological weather effects and stuff like that. Because you can only see the eye of Sahara from the air, from an aeroplane mm-hmm. on the ground. You wouldn't even know that you're in it if yeah. you walked into it. Um, so that's pretty much Atlantis, mate. <laughs> but, I mean, that is, well, yeah, I guess in conclusion, there's no proof that it ever existed. Mm-hmm. There's no proof that it ever actually sank beneath the sea, but that is the story. But that being the story... No one's ever found any evidence of a mm-hmm. city that actually accurately describes yeah. the city of Atlantis that Plato described originally. Very true, yeah. So he could realistically have been talking about an, a, something that's not below sea level mm-hmm. that has just got lost in some other way. Yeah. I mean, rising sea levels and things as well. Yeah. And all sorts. But... You know, I'm happy with that. That's Atlantis. There's not much yeah, else to go into. That's it, fair enough. Because there is no evidence or anything. It's, it's just kind of a real old myth and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. So just some honourable mentions of some lost cities. Now, I wasn't going to write it all out because it would have taken me ages. Mm. So I've just done the classic Josh style, and I've just got 
some screenshots of some little tidbits of information of some interesting okay, no, Fair enough. Yeah, you're better off doing it screenshots <laughs> than looking at the website live like I did that time. <laughs> you would have heard this one. Babylon. Babylon, yeah, the city of Babylon. Well, the hanging gardens of Babylon, I suppose. Yeah, the yeah, capital Babylon. of Babylonia, yeah. the ancient empire of Mesopotamia. Uh, I'm not going to go through all that because there's so many fancy words. Uh, but that was 604 to 562 BC and is credited for building the legendary hanging gardens. All that remains of the famed city today is a mound of broken mud brick buildings and debris in the fertile Mesopotamian plain. And that's pretty much it in the rivers, right. of, rivers of Iraq. <laughs> so that's the Babylon. Give that a little shout out. Yeah. This one, please read that because I, again, I, I'm not good with words. Which, which, which word are we looking at? Here? The very first one beginning with V. Oh my good grief. Uh, Vachai, Vachai Nagar, Vachai Nagar, Vinegar. If you want, Vaja, no, yeah, Vachai Nagar. That's the best I can. Yeah. See, that's a strange one, but this was um, Vijayanagar was once one of the largest cities in the world with 500,000 inhabitants. The Indian city flourished between the 14th century and the 16th century during the height of the power of the Vijayanagara Empire. So, yeah, there's another one. Just interesting places, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I went for them, because we can't pronounce them. No, that probably was a, a small <laughs> oversight, but never mind. Um, but this one was lost, this lost city. That was the point I was trying to make, is different ways that cities have been lost. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this one was lost due to a war, a battle of Muslim kingdoms in 1565. So that's why that's not a city anymore, and it's been lost over time. So shout out to that one. Next one. <laughs> Mesa Verde. This was in the 12th century, uh, building houses, and they were all kind of like under caves and uh, built into mountains. Oh, right, mountain yeah, yeah, ranges, yeah. Kind of like a hidden kind of lost city along the bottoms of these mountains and plains and things and canyon walls. And some of these houses would have 150 rooms in, in one building. Grief. And Wh by, Which country is this in Mesa Verde? Southwestern so Colorado. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. And by 1300, uh, it, well, the, the tri I should say the tribe of people are called the Ansazi. Right, yeah. And yeah. by 1300, all of the Ansazi had left the Massa Verde area and the ruins um, due to the plains and droughts and land issues. Right, yeah, so yeah, just, yeah. And, yeah, it was terrible place so again it's kind of mother nature but it was specifically droughts and not being able to grow anything no agriculture and land issues um so shout out to them and this one you would have heard of pompeii yes we all know pompeii we all know pompeii i don't really need to go into pompeii but a huge volcano covered the whole place in ash and the pictures to me look really eerie. Yeah, not only Pompeii though. I think it was next uh, next city over as well was also wiped out. Herculaneum. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I believe so. Um, it covered. Oh yeah, yeah. It covered several nearby towns as well. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, and the uh, pyroclastic flow um, would have just ignited people. There was reports. Of 
one of the people that was actually in that eruption yeah. all, all those years ago, because of pyroclastic flow, which is like really, really hot gas coming Ugh. down the side of the volcano at like 300 miles an hour, you're not going to outrun it. <laughs> no way. And it's like a 1,000 degrees centigrade. And it literally hits you and just fries you like that instantly. That's and nuts. one corpse that they found had actually had his brains vitrified into glass inside his skull. And that would have happened instantly. That is terrifying and cool at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But, I mean... The whole story of Pompeii. I mean, I'm, most people will know Pompeii. Oh, yeah, So yeah. I'm not going to go into it. It happened in 79 AD on my wife's birthday, August 24th. And, yeah, volcano erupted, like you said, just vaporized people. And also there's there's people that are just frozen doing weird things. Like you said, they didn't have time to do no, anything, did no, they? No, not at all. And, yeah, check out the pictures or don't. It's terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've just got a, a quick couple more. Um, Petra. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Petra. I've heard of it, yeah. In southern Jordan. Yep. And that was a lost city due to several earthquakes that kept happening. Uh So after a while, they were like, I think we should probably move because we we keep getting our buildings torn down due to several earthquakes in short periods of time. So they left. So again, Mother Nature. And if you haven't noticed by now, the theme of all lost cities seem to be Mother Nature. Like- well, yeah, pretty much like um, Chichen Itza in Mexico. With it, I don't know if you were going to re- bring that one up, but uh, that was an nope. Aztec uh, city, wasn't it? And that just literally just got engulfed by the rainforest and just lost ah. for hundreds of years until explorers found it. I, I'll tell you what, though, the Amazon does come up in, in my later notes, and that is very interesting. So I'll go just quickly, the last two. So Ang- Angkor is the vast temple in Cambodia. Angkor. Angkor? Yeah, Ang- yeah, Angkor. Um, from the 9th to the 15th century AD. Um, and, I mean, it was it was a weird place. Um, let me just get my notes on order here. Uh, they had several religious monuments, uh, temples, mm-hmm. massive stone faces during its long history. Uh, Ang- Angor, Angkor went through many changes in religion, converting between Hinduism to, Bu- to Buddhism several times. Mm-hmm. The end of the period is generally set as 1431. 
and the year Angor was sacked and looted uh, by invaders, um, though the civilization had already been in decline, nearly all of Angkor was abandoned except for the Buddhist shrine. So that's the oh, only right, thing. Okay, yeah. And I wish people could. I wish I had a picture to show people, but we can find one. Yeah, the temple. I can. <laughs> you can definitely. Find it. <laughs> the temple is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And yeah, the fact it that is, it's still yeah. there. Yeah, I think it's the only bit that's left now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's so cool looking. So check that one out. And then the last one. Uh, this blew my mind. I, I mentioned it to you before we started. I had no idea Machu Picchu was only rediscovered in 1911. Neither did I, to be honest. That is nuts. But it, it doesn't surprise me because, I mean, it's so high up in the Andes, isn't it, mm-hmm. on, on top of a mountain. And how the hell they built the place is beyond knowing. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the stones that are stacked, I mean, there's no mortar in between them. Mm-hmm. And the stones are stacked in such a way, or they've been cut into shape so that they tessellate together. You couldn't even fit a human hair in between the stones. Oh, was it a bit like the pyramids? Yeah, Just it's kind built of built to perfection. Yeah, absolute perfection. No one knows how it was done. Aliens. How it was put that high up. Yeah. But Machu Picchu was rediscovered by Hiram Bingham. So shout out to him. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I like you say, I just found that absolutely incredible that 1911 isn't that long ago. Like, yeah, I, I yeah, always yeah. just assumed Machu Picchu was a place and everyone knew about it and it was always there. And I, uh, another one I would, uh, I kind of want to point out is mm-hmm. uh, around, around near Asia, Japan and that. You're, do, you know, do you know if there's sunken structures there as well? I think they're actually cu- yeah. currently bringing... Um, like sculptures and statues up out of the ocean to study them, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And there's that plateau with like all the right angle. It looks like there's steps on it and all that stuff under the sea that divers go down. They're mm-hmm. not sure whether it's a man-made structure or not, but I just thought that one might be worth mentioning as well. Yeah, there's quite just a few the, in Asia. Yeah, well, yeah, off the coast. Well, of Japan, I said to you, man. Like the weirdest thing about doing my research is, I said you already. Like, I felt like. After doing Lost Cities, I thought you'd get Atlantis, you'd get a couple of others. Yeah. That's about it. There's hundreds of them over time. And it was, I can't fit it all into one episode. There's so (laughs) many. So there's so many in Asia, uh, South America, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of it now, but there's another um, one where, again, Mm -hmm. the stones look like they've been laser cut into like giant letter H, capital H's. And these so all just strange. sort of tessellate together and whatnot. And I can't remember the name of the place now. It's got a strange name. But that, again, I think it's something like 10,000 years old. And how they actually created that city in the first place is beyond <laughs> beyond me. I'll have to check that out. Find some information on that. Yeah. Um, so you can find many examples of lost cities yeah. on a website called toropia.com. I just took a, a oh, selection. Oh, is that of where you booked your honeymoon? <laughs> no, <definitely not>. <laughs> <laughs> but there were so many examples, man. It was the first like hit on Google, and it was like the top thirty-five lost cities. And I was like, wow, I didn't know there was this many. Like, the top thirty-five, including yeah, that <laughs> just says there's a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. So there's a couple of cool little stories, and then I'm going to get to the main finishing thing yeah, that is fascinating. It. So there's a couple of cool little cities. The Lost City of the Monkey God 
in <laughs> in Honduras. <laughs> Honduras. Honduras, yeah. Right. It was found with LIDAR um, in the last two, three years. Okay. And it was said to be a full city, not a town or a village, a full city. Full of monkeys. Hundreds, thousands of people. <laughs> and I'm guessing monkeys as well. It's Must called be. Monkey God. <laughs> and uh, the other one was the legend of El Dorado. Oh, yeah, this yeah. This is like a gold city or plated with gold. Yeah, and... the city of gold. Yeah, yeah. And many explorers died trying to find the lost city. And it's located in the Mato Grosso region of Brazil. And the city was later dubbed Z or Z um, right. by Percy Fawcett. Okay. And Percy Fawcett is an interesting guy because he kind of becomes upset. He's like, I'm guessing he's like an explorer, but he kind of becomes ex- obsessed with like the Amazon and rainforests and stuff and lost civilizations right. and things. And that leads me to the finale of the ancient civilizations of the Amazon jungle. Here we go. Yes, here we go. So scientists have just discovered a massive 2,000-year-old Mayan site hidden underneath a Guatemalan rainforest. Okay. And that's a little side note to the big one of, along with that settlement in Guatemala, is they, they use LIDAR, which yeah. it's like a plane that kind of maps out and sees underneath and what used to be. And I don't know how it works. I'm not a LIDAR expert. Uh, I don't know if you've got knowledge on it. I think it's a ground penetration radar, isn't it, attached to a plane? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like a geo geo study, isn't it? Of I don't know what depth it can go down <laughs> no to. But All I know is planes have this clever technology to basically map out and show you what used to be there. Yeah. And they are finding hundreds of these abandoned like civilizations and cities and stuff right and okay. the structures and things underneath and what they would have been and the the examples that they're finding is mind-blowing so in uh bolivia um they discovered ruins of vast ancient civilizations with millions of people settlements some of them were 80 square miles yeah, yeah. A city. A city was 80 square miles. Good grief. And it sounds a lot, but the next fact will... Well, it does sound a lot, because like, that must be nearly the size of London. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and in in these LIDAR examples, it included pyramids, canals, elevated forest islands, and various buildings. And they all flourished from 500 to 1400 AD. and some of I said about eighty square miles. Yeah, uh, they reckon the the collection of these cities, if you will, the biggest one was one thousand seven hundred square miles total. So, like a collection of a bit like on the farm, we've got units covering an area. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like these cities covering square miles, kind of all made like one huge. Utopia, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. And it was 1,700 square that, miles. That is like, yeah, that, I mean, that is massive. Now, this is going to blow your mind because this blew my mind. With explorers and science and the Amazon, how big the Amazon is. I didn't, first of all, I didn't realize how big the Amazon actually is. Yeah, it's the biggest river in the world, <laughs> mate. Yeah. <laughs> so we've only discovered and explored 1% yeah. of the Amazon and the rainforests and yeah. stuff, which 
blew my mind. And with LiDAR, they've actually only now just getting out of the 1% of what they've discovered and what they've built. So all the information that we have now about yeah, all yeah. the civilization, it's 1% of what they've discovered as well. This is why it's the nuts. Colombians are so good at hiding in the trees and making meth labs, mate. Well, you say that. <laughs> Get out of my head, pirate. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> Every time. It has been proven that with, the, with this LiDAR technology, some of the structures and the evidence that they found, the modern medicine – Agriculture, architecture, astronomy, they all surpass European knowledge. And so the civilizations in the Amazon were far superior and had all this knowledge of all this stuff mm -hmm. before the Europeans that lived at the same time. So all of this stuff got absolutely destroyed and non-existent. Basically. Oh, definitely, like yeah. An ancient cultures seem to have... Uh, so much more knowledge about the stars and the night sky mm. and the way that astronomy worked compared to almost what we know today. Yeah. And it's crazy how we don't have this evidence there to work out. Like, how did they know that? How did they know this? And it's frustrating that only 1% of that has been discovered. And there's basically a whole treasure trove of information in the Amazon and the rainforest mm. that we don't, we can't access just yet. And we, we don't know. Um, and the other thing is when a, a quick little story, I will mention that this has been mentioned before on other podcasts and things, and I, I can't think of the guy's name, but when he was talking about uh, the similar subject of lost cities and the Amazon and things, uh, one of the lost ancient civilizations that was supposed to be like a utopia that mm. was just full of people, full of technology and all the, this crazy stuff. An explorer came across this civilization went back to Europe, told them about it. And they said, he's making it up. He's got to be, there's no way they've got this and they've got that. Like he's got to be, you know, lying. So they went back, not the same person. Yeah, but they yeah, sent yeah. someone back a hundred years later and it was completely submerged by the rainforest. It's and gone. Absolutely gone. And they reckoned that it was to do with some sort of disease that back in those days they just didn't have anything to do. It defend. was probably the first guy going there <laughs> that took the disease there in the first place. <laughs> have some smallpox. <laughs> yeah, 100 years later, he'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, but just in 100 years, it had gone from this thriving civilization mm. to a completely lost city. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, gone. definitely. And that is all I've got on Lost Cities. I mean, there is more, but that's the most interesting stuff I could find with little facts. That's fair enough. I mean, it, yeah, like you say, it's it's surprising how quickly cities can get lost. I mean, there's that, there's an, again, just off Japan, there's an island that you're not allowed to visit these days. Um, but it, it, I think it turned into like a, a very uh, – a prominent mining city mm -hmm. just on this small island barely barely a mile across they constructed these massive apartment buildings it was a very self-contained city all shops you know all, all that infrastructure that was on there and then when the mining ran out everybody just left yeah. and like the buildings the apartment blocks and all that sort of stuff still there mm -hmm. but very quickly getting it just covered by nature the trees are growing up the buildings are falling down you know all that sort of thing and it is it's, it's alarming how quick that can happen yeah in abandoned yeah. places isn't it really so when you think t 
try and find lost cities that are thousands of years old, it's going to be a hell of a job doing it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was like your girlfriend told me about one that lost was lost on the coast. Oh, Dunwich. Yeah, well, I didn't Dun- even know about that. Dunwich isn't so much a lost city. It's more the land erosion. The, the sea is oh. reclaiming it, you know, and it, it's on top of quite a high cliff. It used to be a, oh. a big, big market town, but now there's only just a few houses left. Oh, and wow. They will soon be in the sea as well. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Dunwich. It was once a very prominent port, I believe, oh. uh, for shipping industries, but now, yeah, nothing left of it. Fair play. It's all gone into the English Channel. <laughs> Reclaim. Can I ask you one last question before we go? Go for it. So, do you remember earlier I said about the Greek and things not making sense, and I mentioned mm-hmm. dinosaurs? So, I saw this clip where I don't know if the guy's talking nonsense. Maybe you can enlighten me on because I don't understand it. He was saying that the word dinosaur comes from uh, Greek, like language. Or terrible lizard. Yeah. So, <laughs> you already know. Terrible lizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he was saying it doesn't make sense because the Greeks weren't around when dinosaurs were. No. And dinosaurs weren't around when the Greeks were. Nope. So why are they called dinosaurs? Like I don't why know. why did the Greeks get to claim the name dinosaur? Like what why uh, does it basically everything gets categorized in either Greek or Latin, doesn't it? You, yeah. If you discover an animal, nowadays it's given a Latin name. Right, okay. But over 100 years ago, when they just first discovered dinosaur bones, maybe they didn't... Well, I don't know if dinosaurs get Latin names as well. I mean, we call a Tyrannosaurus, or T-Rex a Tyrannosaurus rex. Don't, I don't know if that's yeah, that Greek or cool. Latin, but the actual word dinosaur itself is the collective, isn't it? It's Yeah. It's a whole bunch of everything from a Stegosaur to a Tyrannosaur to a Brontosaur to a Brachiosaur to a Archaeopteryx. They're all dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever heard of an Archaeopteryx? No. no. I stopped it. To be honest, <laughs> I stopped at Stegosaurus. That, right. was always, that was always my favourite. I also heard a rumour that this isn't a dinosaur podcast, but I heard a rumour, myth, years ago that the Triceratops never actually existed. It was a man-made kind of dinosaur. Um, uh, I, well, I don't know about that, but, yeah, there was a myth that somebody put the the uh, bones together the wrong way. Yeah, like they didn't have horns. Yeah, it's the same with the one with the the iguanodon. Yes, I know that. One. Um, That's the cool dinosaur. Yeah, it's got. The, but they originally put it standing on two legs upright with its two thumb bones. Yeah, they actually had to break vertebrae in the spine to get it to do that. And then oh. they, years later, they realised that it should have been walking on all fours. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a two-legged dinosaur after all. <laughs> Fair play. We're still learning to this day. We are, yeah. <laughs> but dinosaurs are not what this podcast is about. It's about lost cities. <laughs> and we've got to put it to the paranormality scale. Yep. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work. <laughs> I think as this podcast goes on, we seem to work out... The- the paranormality scale is different for different subjects, isn't it? So I always just go with nowadays so, like, how much I like it or believe it. Yeah. Okay. So well, let's 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 take the big one. Let's take Atlantis, because mm-hmm. obviously there are lost cities out there. We've seen them: Chichen Itza, Machu Picchu, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Babylon, and that. Like you know, there mm-hmm. there are some remains that we can study, uh, and like I say, bring them up off the. Just off the ocean floor or whatever, bring back uh, things to study so that we can actually learn more about these things. But Atlantis itself, mm-hmm. no one's ever found it. 
plenty of people have looked for it. There's plenty of stories written about it. Like you say, Plato yeah. was the first one to bring it about, uh, bring it up mm-hmm. in his writings. Is it believable? I know. I I like the theory of Atlantis, but just liking the word Atlantis and liking the story of it isn't enough for me to give it a high score. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. And yeah, and I know what you mean. We've always had that rule of like a five is kind of. You know, it's it, tilting between believable and non-believable, yeah. or, or paranormal and non-believable. Yeah, but I hate to say it, I don't think Atlantis existed. Just for for me personally, I I, I think if you want to look at finding Atlantis, you've got to get rid of everything that Plato actually said mm-hmm. describing it, because let's face it, it's already under the sea. He didn't actually see it. Yeah. So him describing it is just the same as me describing a rock on Mars. I've never been there, never actually seen it. Yeah. But I could tell you there's rocks on Mars, you know? So Atlantis, I think, because there are other cities or villages or towns or whatever that did sink beneath the waves around Greece, around the Mm -hmm. Mediterranean – because of that great deluge flood, <laughs> I'm going to give it a six. Six? All right, that's fair. I was going to give it a 4.5. I'm going to give it a six because, yes, there's nothing to say that any one of these places is Atlantis, mm. but it does at least give it some basis for how the give myth started. Some credence to you it. You know? Mm. So I'm going to go with six. All right, I'm going to stick to 4.5. Stick yeah. to 4.5. Yeah, I want to believe in Atlantis and, you know, I want to find the evidence. It's not me personally, I want to find the evidence, but, you know, if stuff came so out about it. that would put our average at 5.25. Yeah. You happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> Just slightly above that tilting edge. Yeah, but actual lost cities are a thing and they do exist. Oh, they are, yeah. But it's like, like you said, it's not paranormal or anything. Oh, it's not so paranormal. So it's like... Right. But they do exist. But I'm, yeah, so, I'm just looking at the believability factor of it. Of Atlantis, yeah. Potentially, it's believable. It's just no one's ever found one that mm. matches the description of Plato. So, but if we're talking about the Amazon stuff, I'm giving that like an eight. <laughs> Let's not overcomplicate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Lost Cities as a whole. I mean, I'll just go down the middle and give it a five altogether. Like if five. we're talking. Oh, okay. About... So that would give us an average of five point five. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I mean, yeah, some of it's believable, some of it's not. They've got evidence for some, evidence for not Atlantis. So, you know, yeah, I'll just go in the middle. Not really giving it a score at all. Fair enough. Me. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, I mean, it was your episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, was interesting. Uh, anyway. Um, if you at home uh, can think of lost cities that are more interesting than this that we haven't <laughs> mentioned, uh, please do write in to paranormality.uk at gmail.com. <laughs> you can always like and subscribe and comment on YouTube. Uh, also, uh, give us a rating for the audio download podcast. If you're a fan of that, a lot of people like the audio only. They don't go for the YouTube stuff. Yeah. Um, that's our bread and butter. Audio people, we get three times as many downloads as we get views on youtube so you know we, we, that that that's that's our our sort of main aim audience yeah. um so yeah but there's all these ways to contact us if you want to contact us 
uh, share your stories and your ideas, or just say hello. And until you do, I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. And this has been Paranormality UK. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.